Uniquely Gifted. Thank you for joining Dyslexia Uniquely Gifted, where biblical truths are shared. My goal is to uplift and challenge you today to find a place for dyslexia in your life and let Christ take center stage of your life. Oh, one more thing. I want you to know you are the most courageous person I know, even though we have never met. Our journey informs me that you are indeed courageous. You're gifted. You're smart, funny, and kind. So please pause for a moment. Take a deep breath and be blessed. The book of Judges is a sequel to the book of Joshua. The promised land has been divided. Joshua is dead. And the new generation is not interested in the God Joshua and Jacob served. Although the book of Judges is not long, it does cover almost 400 years. The people are no longer physically wandering in the wilderness, but are spiritually adrift. This book gives us an overview of the moral climate during those days after Joshua's death. Therefore, the Lord appointed judges to help govern the nation church. Now, this book informs us of the great apostasy of Israel. It talks about the various battles that were fought and won over land. It also tells us that all the land was not fully conquered. This book also talks about the internal conflict, the fighting that took place over the tribes. And what is clear is that this generation is struggling to stand on the truth, the principles and the teachings found in the writing of Moses, which led to rebellion, idolatry, and disbelief in God. Now this brought judgment, and the Lord used foreign oppression as a means of correction. When the nation came to its senses, God raised up a deliverer called a judge to bring them back to creator worship. However, once that judge died, the people forgot and fell back into sin, and the cycle started again. There were 13 judges, and most familiar were Gideon, Samson, and Deborah. They were called into service by God to deliver Israel from the oppression of his enemies. The judges reveal what is considered the most turbulent period of Israel's history. The scenes are very graphic, violent, and to some very disturbing. Why, you might ask? Well, in proportion to their rebellion against God, it's the violence it often took to rescue them. They were guilty of high treason against God, and Satan fought hard to keep them under his control. So what is the overarching principle we find in the book of Judges? It is, God will not allow sin to go unpunished. Yahweh was their king. Remember what they said when God presented the words of the covenant, the Ten Commandments to them when they were in the wilderness. And you can find this in Exodus 19.8. And they said, All that the Lord has said, we will do. But they repeatedly forsook God and refused to adhere to the words of the covenant they had made with God. God dealt with their determined effort to follow other gods, but the God of heaven had made a promise to them, and that he would always show himself merciful, gracious, long-suffering, and abundant in truth. And you can find this in Exodus 34, 1, 6, and 7. 
Now, when the people sought after God with tears and genuine repentance, once again, he would raise up a leader called a judge. And once again, unfortunately, the people showed themselves to be unreliable, ungovernable, and wanting only the blessings God had to give. But we serve the same God. In Hebrews 13, 8, it says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. In Romans 10, 12, it says, For there is no difference between the Jews and the Gentiles, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon his name. Now remember, a principle is a fundamental truth that God has established, one in which we as Christians have agreed to live by. Now the book of Judges has many principles like the other books that we've talked about so far. However, this time I would like to give you a shared principle or a co-principle in Judges, and that is God is merciful. So coupled with the principle God will deal with sin, God will also be merciful. In Psalms 103, verse 8, it says, The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and plenteous in mercy. And in Deuteronomy 4.31, For the Lord thy God is a merciful God. He will not forsake thee, neither destroy thee, nor forget the covenant of thy father which he swore unto them. My dyslexic friends, we all have failed God in one way or another, but his mercy is never failing. If you are struggling to hold on to God, then tighten your grip. Don't let him go. He is worth the struggle. Yes, he must deal with sin, but when we respond to the Holy Spirit, he's always merciful, and through his loving kindness we are transformed. If you are drifting away from God, if you are feeling distant, then cry out to the Lord until you have surrendered yourself to him. For some, what is most needful to surrender is our dyslexia to him. Because at times, it is hard to see the good in it. Please keep in mind, what God has allowed, there is more than enough grace to empower us to live with dyslexia. And also remember that it is his goodness and his love and mercy that sees us through, even though it doesn't always feel that way. My prayer is no matter the difficulties because even as adult, dyslexia can be a source of disappointment and discouragement that we choose to remain faithful to him. Thank you for listening to another episode from Dyslexia Uniquely Gifted. If you know an adult with dyslexia, please share these short devotionals with them. For more devotionals, please visit my website at www wrpublication.com where you can read or listen to archive shows. Thank you again for joining Dyslexia Uniquely Gifted and be blessed.